was growing up, my uh, I, I told Michael this. I, I took guitar lessons, and I just quit. And I've often wondered why did I quit? And uh, uh, so I, you know, I walk by the piano sometimes, and I think, man, I would love to be able to play the piano. And I see Michael on the guitar, and then I see this, and I'm thinking, man, why did I quit? So two years ago, my wife bought me a mandolin. It's supposed to be the easiest one to play. And uh, I'm learning. I'm, that's been two years, and I'm still struggling. But uh, I have a desire. So if you're learning a musical instrument, stick with it for the glory of God. I praise God for that. That was beautiful. He hides our souls. We're preserved in Him. Let's turn to the book of Jude, and we're going to continue our study in the book of Jude. And if you... Uh, if you found the book of Jude, would you stand? Let's read it together. This is a very, very special book of the Bible. They, they, they all are, but to me it's very, very special. As I, I look at these 25 verses, uh, it's power-packed. Uh, let's, let's look at it. Let's, Jude 3 and 4, we'll read those together. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And here's the reason why. Look at this. Look at verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this book of Jude. Thank you that he listened to you. He, he had something else in mind to write to these people, but he heard your direction. I'm so thankful that he set the example for us to listen to you carefully. God, would you help us to do that? I pray that all of us in here would have that yearning. We would have that desire to hear what you have to say and then to follow it. God, would you, would you do a powerful work in here this morning? Would you uh, touch the hearts of each and every one of us? In Jesus' sweet name. And we pray this all for the glory of the Father. Amen. You may be seated. So last week, we, uh, we began this study. And I, once again, I, I call it a, an extremely special study of uh, this powerful letter, this epistle of Jude. And remember, the shorter books of the New Testament are oftentimes, they oftentimes go unstudied. I know that from my own uh, history, uh, but these are essential, These even these short books, because they are the very Word of God. And so last week I mentioned a challenge, and I, I want to I continue to put this before you and, and ask you if you, would if you would commit to reading the book of Jude, 25 verses, as many times as possible between now and uh, the end of our study. And, and you, you can tell that the study is not very quick. 
you know, last week we looked at verses 1 and 2. Today we're looking at verses 3 and 4. Now we'll pick up steam here, but we have to set the, uh, have to really establish what's going on. So, uh, but between now and the time we're finished, if you would read that, if you would commit to reading that as many times as possible, and then, but not to stop there. I want to challenge everyone in here to memorize all 25 verses of the book of Jude. Now, you might say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Let me tell you, and I I think I've told you this before. I was on what's called an audit committee for the BGCO a few years ago. And so I was up at the Baptist building, and, uh, you know, they they rotate us off there. And we were sitting around that large table, and... uh, and they mentioned, someone mentioned this one man at the Baptist building. And they said, you know, what he does is he goes around, you may know who he is, he goes around and he preaches at different churches. And what he does is he preaches the Sermon on the Mount. And now that is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And so he's memorized the entire passage, the entire sermon. Matthew 5, start with verse 1 all the way to Um, through chapter 7, the very end of chapter 7. That is all the Sermon on the Mount. So this man has memorized that, and he goes into churches and he preaches that. He doesn't doesn't open the Bible and read it. He has memorized it and he preaches it uh, through the power of God. And so as I was sitting in there that day, it hit me, Craig, you need to you need to do that. You need to put some effort into memorizing, and so uh, of hiding God's word in your heart and know what it what it says. And so, just almost immediately, I think even that night, I began to memorize uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and I got it memorized. And now I don't go around churches and preaching that, uh, and uh, you know, without opening it up, uh, I'm afraid I would stumble. But I'm telling you. If I can do that, you can do it. I, I know you can. And so that's the first large passage of Scripture that I ever tackled with memory. And I know you can do this. And so I want to challenge each and every one of us, myself included, uh, to memorize that uh, all 25 verses. I believe it will change your life. And so it's not just busy work. This is uh, life-changing work, so I want to I encourage you to do that. Uh, last Sunday morning, we examined four things. We looked at the humbleness of Jude. That's verse 1. He's a humble man. And uh, then we looked at the fact that uh, we are sanctified. As Christians, we are sanctified, set apart. We're preserved. He hides us. We're preserved as Christians. Uh, your salvation is secure, and uh, and we're called. That's verse 1 as well. And, uh, you know, you and I have been called. Everybody in here has been called to salvation. And I pray that everybody in here shot of my voice has answered that call. It looks like you have. I pray that everybody has answered that. But also we have been called to serve God right where we are. Right where we are. Maybe there's some, there's, there's some other things I'm sure that God has called you to do, and I don't know all those things, but I can stand up here with all boldness and say God has called us to serve him right where we are, whatever area that might be. So, And then we looked at 
uh, we looked at in verse 2, it says, Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. And we really zoned in on the peace. God wants us to have that peace. Remember us talking about that in Colossians as well. And then we wrapped up by examining Jude's instruction to earnestly contend for the faith. And that is in verse 3. He encourages these people to earnestly contend for the faith. We're going to talk about that this morning as well. But let me give you, if you're taking notes, if you take notes on sermons, I'm telling you, this is, a, this is one to take notes on, okay? This is a simple sermon. Jude is, is a book that is power-packed, but there are some simplicities in it, and we need to know these. So if you take notes, this is a good one to take notes on. And then we've got two points this morning, only two points, and let me give you those. The first one is this. We need to listen as Christians. We need to make sure that we are listening and obeying God. So the first point is listen, Craig, listen and obey God. Secondly, the second point is, as Christians, for us to be faithful with regard to Jesus Christ. Faithfulness to Jesus. Faithfulness to Jesus. So let's let's look at the first point. Listen and obey God. Boy, that's a that's a big one. And once again, I've told you this numerous times, but you know, I preach to myself. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, preachers, at least I do this. Okay, uh, I review. I go over the sermon, and I go over it, and I go over it, and all of a sudden it'll dawn on me, you know, uh, I'm the congregation. <laughs> I'm the one getting preached to, or one of the ones getting preached to anyway. So uh, uh, let's, let's review a little bit. Jude is the half-brother of Jesus. It's, that's all indication points to that, half-brother of Jesus. That's Matthew 13. 54 through 57, and then Mark 6, 3. Now, I think in the Matthew passage, he's called Judas, and in the Mark passage, he's called Judah. Same guy. The translate, most English translators have, have used the name Jude so that there's no uh, confusion about, uh, no confusion with Judas Iscariot. He's not the one that wrote this, that God used to write this. It's, we, it, it, with all indication, it's the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, and the Bible says that neither, in, in John 7, 5, it says, for neither did his brethren believe him. They didn't believe him. Talking about the people living in his house, his, his own siblings did not believe in him. And Mark 3, 21 uh, is a parallel passage to that. So John 7, 5 and Mark 3, 21. As a matter of fact, in that Mark 3, 21 passage, it, in the King James, it's going to use the word friends. But when you look that, that word up in the Greek, it means those closest to him. Okay, those, those close, not just a casual friend. It's those closest to him with respect to his kindred and uh, those people that are close. Uh, they didn't believe in him. 
That's what it says. Now, it uses the word servant, and you can see that in verse 1, and the word servant means slave. This man was devoted to Jesus. And so we talked about this last week, that Jude did not write his own story. He mentions his name one time, and it's right there in verse 1. But this, this book, these 25 verses, are about Jesus Christ. He is pointing to Jesus. You know, I might have been tempted if it was me. I said this last week. You know, if I was writing this, I might have been tempted to throw a little slant on it. Now, I'm, G- I'm Jesus' uh, half-brother and, and all that, but he didn't say that. You know, he said, I'm, and that clear it up. He says, I'm the brother of James. That kind of clears it up, okay? And uh, we know James was the half-brother of Jesus. Look at verse 3, and let's read it again. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation... It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should, here it is, earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So the, he, he had something else to write to them about. He was going to write to them about the common salvation. Now, what that means is it's the, it's, it's the only salvation. It's the one that it doesn't matter who you are. It is the only salvation. And he was going to write to them about that. Can you see that in that verse? That's what he had in mind. And so it is, the, it is very, very important. As a matter of fact, the Bible from cover to cover is all about that salvation. All the way from Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. That's the first time the, the gospel is, is given. Genesis 3, 15. That's way back there. All the way to to the end of the Bible and all that in between. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, it's the good news that whosoever believeth in him. It's for everybody. It's the common salvation. It's the only way. And uh, But the Lord had a different direction for Jude. Look what it says. He says in verse 3, When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. That's what he was going to do. He says, it was needful for me to write unto you. And he tells what he's going to He's going to write something else. He started out writing about the common salvation. But he said, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you. Exhort means to instruct. It means to encourage. And so these people needed to be reminded, and we all do, but they needed to be reminded to, content, to earnestly contend for the faith. That's the message that he got, that he received from God. God breathed those words to Jude. Jude had a different different direction. He was going to write to them about the salvation, but God changed his heart. God had a different direction. Oh, I'm so thankful that Jude listened. Now, his big brother, James, over in James 1.19, remember that's the oldest book 
of the New Testament, and the Bible builds upon itself. That's the principle of first reference. Remember us talking about that? So in, in James 1.19, just back a, a few books, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, but let every person be swift to hear. That's what the first book of the New Testament, first book of, of the New Testament says. And pride keeps us from listening, doesn't it? It does. Pride keeps us from listening. Have you ever talked to someone and, and uh, they keep interrupting? It's pride. They keep interrupting. You're trying to talk and, and they just interrupt. Or maybe have you ever talked to someone and you can tell they're not listening to you? Now they're thinking about something else or they're thinking about what they're going to say to you. That's, that's a pride issue. That's a pride on their, uh, on their part. Pride keeps us from listening. So the implication of a listener, of a good listener, is humbleness. And uh, that is, is, is important. We talked about this last week that it's important that we humble ourselves. That's the direction from Scripture. That's the example Jesus set in Philippians chapter 2. It says that he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And then there's another passage that we read last week over in 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. But it starts with humbling ourselves. And so the implication of a good listener is someone that has humbled themselves. They've, they've, they've hum, humbled themselves, and that's what Jude had done. Jude was a good listener. As a matter of fact, if he hadn't listened to what God was saying, chances are we wouldn't have the book of Jude. But he listened. He, he wanted to write something else, and God said, now here's what I want you to write. I want you to write this. I want you to exhort these people to earnestly contend for the faith. Kind of made me wonder if I was, when I was reading, uh, when I was studying for this, uh, this message Kind of made me wonder about Jude and his siblings, James and those other siblings. They had some sisters as well. Kind of made me wonder if maybe in their house, in their family, in their home when they were growing up, if listening was really emphasized. Because I know James mentioned it, and we see that uh, Jude listens, and he changes what he was going to write. He tells us that. So, how do we make application of this? How do we make application of, of uh, this listening? Here it is, by reading the Bible and obeying what it says. By reading the Bible and obeying what it says. See, that's the kind of listening we're talking about. Now, let me ask you, let me ask you something. Does that type of listening describe you? Does it? I had to ask myself that as I was preparing this. Craig, does that, is that the kind of listening that you do? 
Uh, you know, when the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Are you listening to that? And then do you obey it? Just trust in Him. Trust in, in His way. Even though His way, uh, we, we can't understand everything about it. Sometimes His way is hard. What about when Jesus says, He says in, in the context of, of food, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? He says, look, consider the lilies of the field. And then he says these words, Seek ye first, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, does, do you apply that? I'd ask myself that. Do you listen to that and say, Okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. I'm going to apply that. See, that's the biblical listening that we're talking about. We, we read the Bible and we pray, God, help me to understand this. Help me to understand what you're saying. And then we apply it to our lives. That's the biblical listening. That's exactly what Jude did. He was hearing from the Holy Spirit. He wanted to write something else. But he heard and he changed to line up with what God was saying, with what God the Holy Spirit was saying. Dad and Mom, with all the distractions that, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I, I've got seven, excuse me, I've got six kids, and most of them are all, well, I would consider them all grown. I still have one in college. But I'm telling you, our young people, our grandchildren are uh, faced with distractions beyond belief, especially with the, I was talking to my son about this, about how quick and easy sin can grab a hold of us these days. It's right there on the phone, just waiting, just waiting, just look at this, just look at this, just look at this. It's like it's, it's right there. And so uh, with all the distractions, Mom and Dad, Grandma and Grandpa, that our young people are faced with, we need to do everything in our power to help them become good listeners. Good listeners uh, with biblical listening. So make sure that they are that they are growing in that area, that our children, our grandchildren are growing in that area where they're listening with the intent to obey. That's essential as we go on into the future. So biblical listening implies obedience to the Bible. That's the implication, obedience to the Bible. James 1.22, as a matter of fact, that passage in James where he says, let every man be swift to hear. That past the context of that is James 1.22. And it says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Craig, be a doer of the word. Not just hearing it, but doing what it says. So it can be, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about this. My son is a Titanic buff. 
I mean, from kindergarten, he's he's 20, I think he's 20, he's 26 now. And so with, even from kindergarten, he started out studying the Titanic. I can remember getting him pictures of, of the Titanic and all this. We went to, the, I think, the museum one time, and boy, it just captivated him. So he reads everything he can read about the Titanic. And so around our house, uh, we know about the Titanic. And, you know, they didn't listen. Those that were in charge didn't listen. And that, that not listening took them further the wrong way than they wanted to go. And that's the way it is when, when we don't listen biblically. It can be disastrous. It can take us further than we want to go the wrong way. So it can be disastrous. Young person, let me tell you something. Satan wants to destroy your life. He wants that. He wants to destroy everybody in here. But I'm convinced that he starts early. And so he's going to do everything he can do. If you're in here this morning, young person, and uh, you're unsaved, here's what he wants to do. Is he wants to take you straight to hell. But with salvation, he can't do that. So what he wants to do is destroy your life. And he does that through temptation. He and his demons do that through temptation and trying to get us not to listen to the Word of God. So if we don't listen biblically, it could be disastrous. Uh, you, we could end up marrying the wrong person. I'm convinced. I think I've said that before in here. I'm convinced there are people that are married to the wrong person, the wrong persons, because they didn't listen. They didn't wait on God. I hope none of those people are in here. But uh, I'm convinced we've got to wait on Him. We've got to seek God. We've got to seek His direction. Listen and obey. So how do you listen biblically? James was, or Jude was a listener, so was James. How do you listen biblically? As we read the Bible, here it is, as we read the Bible, we ask God, Lord, please help me to understand this. I may have to read this passage, I may have to read it many, many times. That's why I say, read the book of Jude over and over God, help me to understand. And then we obey it. We obey it. That's it. That's biblical listening. So the first point this morning is, as Christians, we need to, be, we need to listen and obey. That's biblical listening. These people, these people that Jude is talking to, they needed God's message. They needed His instruction. And Jude was hearing from God, and he listened biblically, and thus we have the book of Jude. And so uh, verse 3, in my opinion, is a great example to follow. Great example. I might want to do something else. I might want to say something else. But what does God want me to do? And that's what Jude did. He stuck to it. He stuck to what his half-brother was telling him. Let's go on to the next one. Be faithful regarding Jesus Christ. Now, let's read verses 3 and 4 
We'll read three again. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence, I was doing everything I could do to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you, encourage you, instruct you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And here's the reason why. This is it, verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and, the, and our Lord Jesus Christ. The church, this church that Jude is talking about was in, was in danger. And God, through Jude, instructs them to earnestly contend for the faith. So the word contend, and we talked about this last week, the word contend was an, or is an athletic term, an athletic word that deals with the wrestling mat. And uh, it means, uh, it means it's a strength and form of, of to agonize. It means there's, there's going to be, it's a struggle. It means it's going to be hard, and it's going to take hard and diligent work. That's what contend means. This is going to be hard. And the word earnest or earnestly implies that it's a continuous struggle. That's very important to remember. It's a continuous struggle to contend for the faith. It's continuous. It's continuous, and it's a struggle. It's hard work. But it is the right thing, and it pays off. It pays off. We've got to remember that. Notice the deception in, uh, in, chapter, in verse 4. See that deception? It says these certain men, they crept in unaware. It was deceit going on. But Jude does not use unclear words. He uses clear language. Look what he says. He says, uh, these men, they're ungodly men. He calls it straight. They're ungodly. Here's their false doctrine. It says, they, tur- they were turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. That's their doctrine. These were ungodly godly men oh now i've gotten to know you guys pretty well and i don't think there's any of those type in here but they could sneak in and these guys they looked they looked real good they looked polished on the outside but jude says they were ungodly that's what see you can see why god breathed these words to him He said, these people got to hear this. They've got to contend for the faith. They're in danger. That word lasciviousness, you see that there? uh, The King James here, it says, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. That word means, it's a big word. It means unbridled lust. Some of you have been around horses. You know what, you know, an unbridled horse, it can just go anywhere. 
unbridled lust. Here's what it means. It means shamelessness, outrageousness. I mean, it's a big word, and it's power-packed. So unbridled lust, they're just lusting after anything. Shamelessness, outrageousness, and this is a big one, insolence. Insolence. That means they were defiant, and they, these guys were rude, and they were scornful. It's kind of like this. Uh, yeah, we can, we can do that. We can get involved in that. We can do, what, we can do anything we want because we're under grace. <laughs> you see that? It says, they turned the grace of our God into lasciviousness. That was what they were teaching. That was their false doctrine. Turn it into last, uh, just you can do whatever you want. And if, if you went against them, they, would, they were rude to you. That's what that means. And so I will tell you this, that is still taught today. As a matter of fact, I can think of one church. It's not around here, but about an hour away from here, that was the teaching. Uh, well, we're under grace, so we can do what we want. We can do anything we want. We can live any way we want. And uh, see, when you are confronted with this type of false teaching, and it's still around today, you have to hold to the truth. You've got to earnestly contend for the, the, the faith. And I will tell you, I want, to, I want to help arm you for this. And so you want to know Romans 6. Romans is a, a theological book. It is a, it's a major book in our doctrine. Romans 6, that's one of the first, the fir- one of the first chapters that I personally memorized at one of the long passages that I memorized, very, one of the very first ones. And I believed God was, I began to see the, the theology in it. Here's what Romans 6, 1 and 2 says. Romans 6, 1 and 2 says this. What shall, this is Paul. God used him. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's what Romans 6, 1 and 2. He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Here's what Romans 6, 14 says. Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Here's what Romans 6.15 says. Listen close. Romans 6.15 says this. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? He says, God forbid. See, the Bible stands against that false teaching. Of, well, you're under grace. Just do anything you want. And that teaching's alive and it's, 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 it's taught today. Now, you know this one. Everybody in here knows this one. Here's what Romans 6.23 says. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, and that means spiritual death as well, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, you need to know Romans 6. That's where you go when you're confronted with that false doctrine. 
That false doctrine that turns the grace of God into lasciviousness. You gotta go to Romans 6. You gotta be armed with Romans 6. And there are other passages. Here's what Proverbs, Old Testament, here's what Proverbs 1.10 says. Old Testament, Jesus says this man was the wisest man that ever lived. He said there won't be, he told him, he said there won't be anybody before you or anybody after you that has the wisdom you have. That's what he told Solomon. Here's what Solomon said to his son. He said, son, if sinners, this is, this is Proverbs 1.10, he said, if sinners entice you, if they try to get you to come with them, go with them, he said, he gave this clear direction. He said, consent not. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. You've got to stand your ground. You've got to contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Now look, look what else these guys did. It says, see, these were deceptive men that they snuck into the church and God knew they were there. And that's why God says to Jude, look, I know you want to write, I know you want to tell them about the, the common salvation. And that's all good. But they need to hear something else and they need to hear it right now. He says the, these are ungodly men. They snuck in, they're ungodly, and they've, they've turned the grace of God into lasciviousness, just unbridled lust, just do whatever you want. And here's what else, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So they denied the only Lord, the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that whole phrase it, it, it seems to all refer to Jesus Christ. They denied him. And uh, you remember in our study of Colossians, that's exactly what was going on there. Remember that? They denied Jesus. That's, uh, that's what those Gnostics were doing. And they needed help. See, it's, it's, that's, that's the doctrine that, uh, that goes on today, still going on. Uh, today you can talk about God. You can uh, you can be in many circles and talk about God. And you know there's the people in that those that circle that you're in wherever you might be. If you mention God, there might be some Muslims in there. There might be some Buddhists in there, and, and whatever else. And they won't be offended by that because somehow now get this somehow they believe that we're all praying to the same God. Now, let me, let me tell you, you and I don't pray to the same God that the Muslims pray to. It's not the same God, and nor the Buddhist, nor anybody, nor whatever religion. It's not the same God. And here's how you know. You mention the name of Jesus. When you mention the name of Jesus, that's when you'll see what's going on. There will be contention uh, because Jesus separates. So if you mention the name of Jesus, and that's what these guys, they were doing, was they were denying the name of Jesus. They were denying Jesus Christ. You see that? In the last part of verse 4, it says, and they denied the only Lord God. He's the only one. And our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we do? Well, how do we apply Jude's instruction in our lives? Because the same thing's happening today. 
There are people all around. You probably come in contact with them. There are people all around that deny Jesus Christ. Oh, you mentioned God, but you mentioned Jesus? I was with my daughter uh, just recently, and we were in a place not around here. We were in another place, and they were talking about God. And they even have God on their plaques. But I told her, I wanted her to know, look, in that place, if you mentioned, if we were to mention Jesus in here, they'd run us out. They'd run us out of here. See, Jesus make all the difference in the world. Jesus changes things. So how do we apply Jude's instruction to earnestly contend for the faith? How do we, how do, we do that? How do we apply that? Well, we earnestly contend for the faith. We proclaim Jesus. We proclaim Jesus when we're confronted with false doctrine. We proclaim Jesus. We hold on to Romans 6 when we're confronted with that false doctrine. Now, you just, you can sin, you're under grace. You hold on to Romans 6. You contend for the faith. We proclaim Jesus Christ. Here's one. Here's one that, that they need to know. Those people that you come in contact with. Write this verse down. It's Acts 4.12. Acts 4.12. This is a huge verse. Acts 4.12 says this, Neither is there salvation in any other. Talk about Jesus in that context. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's Acts 4.12. See, leading people away from Jesus is a major thing to God. It's a major thing. And He doesn't stand for it. And so I have, been, I have begun to pray some time ago. I have prayed, God, would you close the mouths and close them tightly of those that try to lead us, that try to lead our nation away from Jesus Christ. Lord, would you close their mouths tightly? And I, tell, I ask God, I, I, I tell him, look, I'm not praying for injury to them. I'm praying that they would not be successful in their attempts to lead people away from Jesus. And I pray, Lord, would you save them? I pray that Muslims and Buddhists, and all the others would turn to him in droves. And you know that's happening. And I want to ask you something. Would you, would you pray that as well? Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray that those in Hollywood that have a voice, that they would, they would not be successful in leading us away from you. Oh, Lord, we pray that they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. See, leading people away from Jesus Christ is a major, major thing to God. So two things this morning. It's a simple message. May we listen with the intent to obey every word of God. Biblical obedience, biblical listening. Oh, I pray that that would be in us. And may we be faithful as Christians. May we be faithful 
regarding Jesus Christ. Proclaim Him. When everybody else is going the other way, we stand for Him. And we try to point people in His direction. Now, we're going to have an invitation. And this is a time for us to get our hearts right. Let God have His way in our lives. Maybe we've not been the biblical listeners we're supposed to be. And I'm sure that fits everybody in here. We could all do better. Maybe we've not been faithful like we need to be faithful. But I want to I wanna tell you what's coming. See, next week, I want to give you a little preview. Next week, we're going we're gonna to talk about remembering what God has done. Look at verse, uh, look at verse 4. Look, excuse me, look at verse 5. Jude says this. He says, I will therefore put you in remembrance. Though you once knew this, he tells him, he said, you already knew this, but I'm going to tell you how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. Now that's a direct reference to Numbers 14. And we're going to talk about that next week. That's where the spies convinced the, 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 the spy, except for two. The other spies convinced the, the, the people to rebel against Moses. Now, we can't take those guys. And God, God was leading them to take the land. And so God, all those 20 and up were not, he, he didn't let any of them go into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. He said, no, you're going to die right here in the wilderness. But look at that next verse. Look at this. Verse 6. It says, and the angels. See, he wants us to remember this. Remember what God has done. It says, the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. See, now, I think that that's likely a reference to Genesis chapter 6, right before the flood, those, uh, to those angels. Now, I think that's probably a reference to that. But nonetheless, as you and I sit here this morning, and we, we look at Jude, there are angels that are chained down in darkness right now. They've been there a long time, but they're chained down. See, God is so serious about sin and about uh, uh, leading people away from Jesus Christ. It's a big deal to him, and he wants us to know that. We're going to talk more about that next week. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father.